Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the St. Louis Podcast. I'm your glorious host today, Eric Brown, sitting across the table from Chris Reisner. He's not sitting next to me, which is which is different. It's new, and we got a new setup. Yeah, we got a new setup. We're not in front of the glass, as you can see, which is also weird. Now I have to turn right to look at Matt instead of left. Everything has changed. Everything has changed on this podcast, but hopefully for the better. As you can see, we ha- we need help with signage on this podcast. So with that said, we are looking for sponsors. If you would like to sponsor the St. Louis Podcast, reach out to myself. Go to stlouispodcast.com. Feel free to DM the St. Louis Podcast page. Uh, but we're looking for sponsors, and we can we have all this magical area to represent your St. Louis brand or business you do right here. Sign. Yes, please wall come signs. shove some more nails in our wall. We'll be forever <laughs> grateful to have 80 more signs on that wall. I mean, we probably it's... shouldn't draw attention to the nails. Yeah. How are all... you? They are like shining beacons that the camera picks up. Uh, oh, each good. one. They're beacons of light. No, so we need to put those stars. Remember, uh, you ever have a sleepover at someone's house and uh, on the ceiling? The glow in the dark the stars. The glow in the yeah. dark stars. Healing stick. Oh, those are so good. I don't know why I never put any in my room, but that, that I, anytime I went over to someone's house and they had those, I was like, nice. It's like that. I had a moonscape wallpaper. Terrified the shit out of me. Moonscape <laughs> wallpaper. Yeah, it was the moon. Yeah. On my entire like the biggest wall in my room. The whole and, thing. Yeah, and I was like five, and I thought the aliens were gonna come at me because <laughs> it was my it was my brother's room first. Okay, he so he it. picked that. He picked yeah, it. He yeah. picked it, and then I had to sleep in there. And I was like, "The aliens are gonna get me. I'm, I'm screwed." <laughs> that is that. You just think the moon's coming to get you? That's hilarious. I mean, I was five. Give me a break. Was it next? Was it the wall right next to the closet as well? No, opposite walls. Ooh, but but the closet was open, so I was never really like afraid of the closet. What? How are you afraid of aliens, but not some kind of coming out of the closet? Didn't you watch Monsters Inc? No, but I was well. Yeah, I did watch Monsters Inc. I didn't have a door, so I wasn't worried about that. Uh, okay. Well, gotta, door on the closet. I had a door to my room. Yeah. I gotta tell you, if anything from Monsters Inc. comes at me, we're all good. All right. No. <laughs> you think I, you can take solely? There has never been a just scary a Monsters animal. Inc. monster. All right. No. If Mike Wazowski comes at me, it's just getting kicked like a soccer ball. Dude, Mike was at Mike Wazowski. So funny. That name. Those names. And where did they get Wazowski from? Mike Wazowski. Well, it's like Lubowski, but they just changed some letters around. Mm, that makes sense. Is that actually where it came no, from? No, definitely oh. not. Do n- <laughs> no one believe the man in the booth. <laughs> All right. We're going to talk about some important stuff today on the pod, hopefully. Yeah, important. Like we always do. Hopefully, yes. So the first thing, as a lot of the listeners may or may not know, uh, Chris here is the CEO of Vimedia, our marketing agency that we started seven and a half years ago. So we're going to talk about some marketing. We're going to talk about some other things, some news, some worthy items. But to lead us into it, Chris, I had a question for you. So before you came over to Vi really full time, you were a contractor for Vi. You yes. had your own company, Avahi Creative, and your goal was to obviously grow that. Thank God he shut that down and moved over to Vi. My big question is you were always solo, right? You never had like other team members. You had other contractors. Yeah, you I had with, other but... contractors, but I didn't have anybody that like worked directly with me. So what 
made you give up your dream and come work for Vi? <laughs> Damn, what a way <laughs> when you to word it like that, that. <laughs> Chris, what was the exact moment you stopped believing in your hopes and dreams? That's actually <laughs> it's actually a good question because there's a funny story behind that too. Uh, <laughs> no, we can't Jesus. go into that. So the, I mean, I guess the biggest thing there was uh, I looked at Vi and everything I wanted to build at Avaki was already being built with Vi. And I like the culture that was at Vi. I like the people that were working at Vi. Uh, Zach, shout out Zach. Uh, he was a fantastic SEO guy. And I was mm -hmm. like, if I'm going to do SEO, that's who I got to go up against. So I was like, screw it. I'll just infiltrate Vi <laughs> and then slowly take it over. You looked at And our, a year later, that's where we're at. Looked at our team members and you're like, hmm, this is these, <laughs> these, these guys. If you can't, can't beat them, join them. If you can't beat them, join them. That's right. That's right. So you you worked alongside us, what, for like? Two and a half years? Yeah, two or three years, yep. And then you came on board full-time for what, like six, nine months or something? One year ago when this episode comes out. Okay, okay. So you're a year in full-time. Yep. On Friday. Yep. Interesting. All right. So Shout out. I have out. one question so before you, you guys move on. Because he said he came in there. Did you just look around and be like, yeah, I'm smarter than all these people. We'll go ahead. I'll be running this thing in about a year. <laughs> uh, I definitely not more than Eric. Yeah, we're good. Uh -uh. That's how you decided, right? As, you guys are going to get me in trouble with this <laughs> podcast. As Chris, Chris being the CEO of I was the, the best move we've made in a while. Thank, thank God he took that over. I don't, I don't want to be the CEO. That's, that's too much work. I like There's, what I, I like what I do way too much to be the CEO. Yeah, a lot of late nights. <laughs> Not a lot. Of, I mean, it's a ton of fun. I love what I'm doing, but it's definitely a lot of work, especially right now where we're at and trying to grow. I mean, really, any business that you're trying to go grow takes a lot of work. It does, and we've been doing it for seven years, and every single day I walk into your office and I'm like, yo, we need to do this. Yeah, <laughs> every <laughs> day. Add it to the to-do list of never-ending shit we need to do to continue to improve our business. I'm always amazed, though. There's a ton of companies that, like, they never seem like they're improving or working on anything. Yeah, definitely. There's, I mean, I don't know where to go from that. There's <laughs> not even a there, question there. I, no, I was saying in compare, like it blows my mind because we're always, we're always doing shit for all of our companies. Like there's always something to do. If not, there's way too much stuff to do. I mean, the list on my board, because I keep my to-do list on my board is like 20 things internally to do to improve our processes and then yep. 20 things to do for clients. And then 20, it'd be nice to do these one day things. Yeah. Yep. And that's pretty much how everything breaks down. And damn, do you take shots between each of those? Like, I did one today, shot. No, no he I should. He has he has some boss hog whiskey in there for when we hit when we hit our revenue goal for this year. So that'll be nice. We'll have to bring it on the pod. And oh. then we could do it on the pod. Oh yeah, there That'd definitely needs to be like a celebration guys, episode. Yeah, when you guys reach that goal, come in for a celebration episode. Make sure the people from Vi actually come this time, not just two of you. <laughs> I mean Yeah. Yeah. That's true. We couldn't even get Deets. We wanted Deets to be doing an episode. We need a. We need an. He came in for one a little bit. Well, yeah, he came in for that episode. But we need an after hours pod. Yeah, we'll come in after hours, Matt. Make you work late. What happened? I already work late. What do you mean after <laughs> hours? What does after hours mean to you? Like we'll have a we'll have a happy hour pod from five to seven. That's not after hours. It's like normal. We'll cater. We'll cater. Oh, okay. What are you going to bring me? Sold? We'll, we'll, well cater. Wait, he just said it was normal hours, so now oh. you're just adding the oh, hard yeah. bill. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's you're, just, you're just a late-night podcast <laughs> at that point. There's no after hours here. After hours is like midnight. <laughs> okay, all jokes aside, Chris, we're we're glad you're a part of I. And 
we're glad you you know no longer have Avahi going as well. <laughs> so <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> okay, so I have a question now. Now that you have employees under your belt, in terms of employees that are W two'd, you know, not contractors that rely on a day to day basis to make sure that their bills are paid by you, right? It all comes down to essentially you and of course ownership, but. Uh, you're now the guy that's responsible for making sure that that stuff is done. How does that responsibility feel? God <laughs> damn. The way you're wording all of this, all of a sudden I'm like, damn, is this really what I signed up for? Mm-hmm. Nah, this, I'm, is being I'm, a, this is being a business owner and a CEO, yep. Yeah, I mean, going from zero people to essentially 10 people is a very crazy feeling, especially since part of why I came to Vi was because of the feeling I had once I got married and being worried about like providing for her mm-hmm. and, then, and then to essentially do it with 10 other people. <laughs> uh, but honestly, I mean, we've got a good team there. You are a big part of it. So you're not, you know, it's not just on me. Yeah. You're our chief sales officer. So That's right. you got to be selling, selling Shout out. for us to shout out. If you need marketing services, Media. let's go. There we go. Or just message me as always. Yeah. Or me. I can sell too. We don't. We don't have to go through it, Eric. Chris did say years ago that he learned a lot of his sales skills from me. So I just shout out myself. The only two people I've seen sell are you and Garrett. Well, and we, I'm not going to sell like Garrett. We know who's better. So I had to learn from you. We know who's better. Oh, yeah, that's right. Garrett's not here to defend himself either. So the reason I—I no, I don't think anybody can sell like Garrett. Like he just—he wings everything. You heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> preparation is key for my you know for how for how we talk to people so the reason I asked that question is when when we started Vi I mean really it was just the owners like we didn't really have anyone it was it was us just feeding ourselves and then once we got employees like that was like the next step because that was what we were all scared of was like we were all fending for ourselves as owners and then hiring that first full-time employee is is taking that step because then not only the owners can you're you're sacrificing already so you're sacrificing your own pay you're sacrificing your time your your mental fortitude and well-being maybe even your physical health as well depending on what part of the process you're in uh but taking that step and hiring that first person is insane and that's like you hear it all the time when you talk to business owners. It's it's hiring that first person. It's it's always those solo business owners that they find it like impossible to take that step because it's it's the biggest step after starting your own business is hiring the first employee. And then every single night now that you're CEO or business owner, and I, this has been this way for seven years now, you're just like, hopefully we can make payroll next month. Hopefully everyone gets paid. Hopefully this all goes to plan. And it always goes to plan, or at least we've never we've never had an issue where, you know, we're in some sort of dire financial state, which thank God. Uh, but still we we definitely have times of up and down where you're like, holy shit. I mean, that's just the nature of the business, even just with cash flow. Mm-hmm. Even if you're making a bunch of sales, somebody pays late, and next thing you know, you know, it gets a little tight on the fifteenth. Yep. Or on the first. Yeah. <laughs> the 15th and the first. Yeah, those those are the dates to look out for, for sure. The same dates we also run a majority of our clients on, too. So it yeah. adds up. 
<laughs> almost as if there's a process to it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, okay so this isn't – hold up. Yep. You're not interviewing me. <laughs> this is a collaborative podcast. Let's talk, about, let's talk about degrees. Okay. So marketing degrees. I got a degree in marketing. Okay. Garrett does not have a degree, mm-hmm. and you got a degree in health science. Mm-hmm. Do you think marketing degrees matter? Do you think a degree matters? So – uh, hot take is degrees don't matter, right? If I'm getting the clip right now for social media, marketing degrees do not matter. If you're not a doctor, an engineer, you, you know, you heard the you hold you heard the shit. If you're not a lawyer, you're not a doctor, you know, why are you going to school? With that said, uh, I think wasting a bunch of money on schooling is beneficial if you know what you're already going into it for. I think if you do schooling properly. You can go to school. There's there's good business classes. There's good economic classes. I mean, there's good classes to take. The problem you have is you can't just go to school for a year, right, and take business classes. You have to go for a four year. So you have to take all this other bullshit. History classes. I love history, but I don't want to have to pay 3,000 credit hours or $3,000 for that class for a semester that's required to get some sort of degree. I think if a marketing degree, say for a marketing degree, you learn graphic design, you learn, you know, marketing strategy, uh, you know, you learn art, you learn things like that. You learn, you know, paid ads, you learn SEO, you're learning social media, you're learning how to use those platforms. You know, all of that stuff can be condensed into like a year program. And then it would be, I think it would be provided value. But then you also need money to mess with. That's the biggest thing as well as marketing degrees. Like they work with clients, but they never have a marketing budget to use, right? They just build a marketing plan, but they never use it. So how the hell are you going to know if it works if you never actually incorporate it? Four-year degree for marketing is insane, I think, for anything else. Health science is, I mean, I was going into PT, or that was my hopes, learned that I quickly wanted to get into business junior year, and they were like, you're going to have to go to school for an extra two years. So I said, fuck it, and I got my degree. I, I had a lot of fun in college. For the money that I spent, I definitely doubt I got my return on investment. With that said, I'm sure some people can. I mean, making a couple connections in college can be fruitful for the rest of your life. It's, it's hard to say one way or the other, but for the most part, I mean, we've hired – no offense to you marketing degree people, and especially journalism, it seems like is. Everybody at Vi has a degree except for Garrett. Yeah, but does it's it mean some anything? Some sort of degree. We've, we've hired a ton of, I mean, we've went through probably five to ten different marketing people with marketing degrees, and they've never, they haven't turned out to be anything more than yeah. people that didn't have any experience or well, had honest- limited experience, limited experience in it. Yeah, I mean, especially in marketing, if you've got the passion for what you're doing, then you're able to learn everything pretty quickly. And four-year degrees, they don't, like four-year schools can't keep up with the trends. Yeah. And with marketing, you have to know exactly what's happening. And between 2016 and 2020, that's whenever I graduated, like those are completely different times of marketing eras, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, okay, would you say that, would you say instead of going to college that they should intern for a year? and just learn as much as I can at a marketing agency. Obviously the big thing though with marketing is it's so broad. Like there's so much to do in marketing. Like we do digital marketing, right? Yeah. I mean, we do digital marketing, we do social media, we do Google ads, we do SEO, we do web design, 
course we do some some graphic design and things like that but at the end of the day we're digital right we don't we're not creating maybe we'll get to this point you know creating tv ads and things like that a whole creative side we have creative people we don't have a full like creative department right we don't have you know we don't have you know clients are coming to us and spending $150,000 on a marketing strategy. We'll get to that point, right? But right now we don't have that. So it's like there's so many different avenues to go into marketing. I mean, really the biggest thing is what what do you actually like to do? What would you want to do? Do you want to be on the performance end? Do you want to be, you know, driving analytics? Do you want to be driving numbers? Do you want to be on the client side on sales and, uh, you know, account management? Do you want to be, you know, there, there's so many different avenues. I think going to a marketing agency, especially go to a marketing agency at 18 years old out of high school and be like, I want to learn because I'm interested in it. But say before my parents want me to go to school. Great. Wait a year. Go work at a marketing agency. Go work at two for six months, intern at two different ones for six months and see if you actually like it. Do marketing agencies still hire like hire interns that have absolutely no experience though? I feel like hopping into freelance and selling yourself would probably help you more than interning. When I went to Webster, they Working did actually Rillies. have an internship program where it was required to get your degree, you intern at least at one place during the time period. It was a class requirement, and that was for all aspects. There was audio, marketing, video games, whatever. You had to do at least one, so they want you to get that practical But that's experience. your last thing you do. Yeah, that is your last thing you do. That's exactly right. It's so it? stupid. How is that not and the we did first that thing you do? How is that you're going into a, gr- a degree for X? How is that not the first? That should be the first semester of college. It should be a first and last. Like you go in there knowing. Or it should be the whole god. It should be the whole time. Well, you should be working. Why are you going to class the whole time? I learn better on hands world, getting real world experience, actually doing the stuff versus sitting in a classroom and being lectured at they have to do something to get the money out of your pocket right no, they can't I mean, just I think, ship you off yeah. i think marketing and design school should be ran like a trade school yes should. and i went to the art institute first and that's one thing that i think they did really well was that they were more like a trade school and everything was hands-on we had four-hour classes we were doing like photo shoots every day yep and that allowed us to get that experience and then we also did a lot of internships but they closed down because they couldn't keep it running. So it's, you know, you also got to make money there. And that's where four-year degrees come in. Exactly. And so then I went to Lindenwood to finish that out. Is art Was Art Institute, is that a, was it a yearly thing? Or how? So it was a three-year, it was a four-year program because you got your bachelor's, but it was done in three years. So did they still make you take BS classes that weren't of value? Yeah, but they were even more BS than usual. Like yeah. it, because it was just like the math class. He would put the answers up on the board. Like it didn't matter. It was just so that they could give you, which is probably why they lost their accreditation. Yeah, I mean the whole bachelor thing. I mean we don't really. What it comes down to is the person. Can they learn? Are they willing to learn? And yeah. are they willing to put in the work? Really comes down to a good employee, a good person as a team member is is looking for those attributes. I don't. What I Get, don't understand. Getting a degree is is fine. I don't know. I, I like I didn't you know, I'm not the king of going to school. I did decent in college only because I'm really good at taking tests and I can memorize shit. But like I didn't I would say for the time I spent there, I did it wrong. 
I just partied it up a lot of the time, you know. I did I made a lot of friends. It was great, but I think if I would have I don't know. I I just feel like if I would have instituted college differently, if I would have if there was avenues to there really wasn't like business stuff though to do at Mizzou. There wasn't like I couldn't like join a club and like do anything that I was actually interested in. Or maybe I just didn't look hard enough to be honest. It could have been 100% my fault. Um versus now I feel like it's a lot easier to find those groups. I mean, when we went to college, when I went to college, there wasn't I don't even think there was like Facebook groups. Or maybe they're like we're wow, talking you're really aging yourself. We're talking about the basics. Yeah, I'm 30 years old. Did they we're have talking, the internet? We're talking 10 years ago. Like I had an iPhone 4S. Like we're talking dated. Oh damn. We're talking slow internet. Yeah, dude. You act like you're 40. We're almost the same age, bastard. <laughs> no, people, like we are pe- not old. No, I know. We're young. We're but young. What I don't understand is whenever I went to high school, like the last the senior year, half of my classes could count as college classes. Yeah. So if they're allowing you to do credit, the only reason I, had, I didn't do it yeah. was I didn't have six grand just sitting around to pay for all the shit. Mm-hmm. But if you could do high school equivalency and have it count to college, why is it even offered to get Dude, in college? I saved a bunch of money by taking AP classes in, yeah. in school. I think I had I went into college already with like 15 credit hours. I think I had six. But, yeah, I mean. Well, again, so I think that just means that you guys went to a good school. I mean, because worse schools aren't going to have that. Grandview, because you out have to have boonies, teachers that can actually do it. That shit yeah, was like small. True. My graduating class. I mean, it can be small, but people. if it's still got, you have to have the teachers that can actually teach the class. That's a fact. We man. had AP classes too. <laughs> There's but. a ton of people in St. Louis that judge you if you didn't go to private. Yeah. Oh, get fucked on that. No. So shout out to those people. I went to your, <laughs> I went to Eureka High School. Okay, Rockwood School District. Well, I was having the discussion, actually, uh, I forget who I was talking to last week, and they were saying that, like, CDC and all of these high school, they're 20 grand a year plus, Ooh, starting God. starting at 20 grand a year. And I, <sighs> wasn't Dakota just talking about a he had a friend with a kid going to kindergarten for 20K? Kindergarten? Where's the, yeah. where's oh the, where's the, Which I don't even think kindergartens are required great anymore i'm just like at at what you have to be doing very well or there has to be a ton of people that are just straight broke like i it, we talk about this all the time on the podcast there's all these people spending all this money there's no way you're spending 20 grand a kid plus a year and you have two three kids what that's one full-time salary if you're doing well like say 75 grand that's that's after after taxes you're over 100k that's that, what just to school i gotta say i've met some homeschool this kids is and insane some school kids they're always kind of weird because they didn't go to public school they didn't get the full you know values of yes like no private people, school is better than uh homeschooled though so homeschool people are weird i'm just gonna say so I'm people sorry. the thing sorry, with pri- the thing with <laughs> private though it's weird is it's like it's it's all boys or all girls which i understand from a standpoint of education, right? How it maybe makes sense to not have the opposite sex there, even though there's obviously, you know, gay people and whatever else, but I guess those people don't matter. But <laughs> they, the, uh, you know, for all of the, the straight people out here, they don't, they're like fully clueless because all through high school, like on a daily basis, they're not encountering the opposite sex. That is weird. Can't learn the riz. 
Is it is it not weird? No, I agree. It's weird. They hang out at like football games. Twenty twenty four. I mean, shit. Now people don't even hang out in person. We're talking about high schoolers that are probably just on. They just sit on their Wait, phone. Wait, what do the gr- what do the girl private schools do for like football games? They go. That was like a big. They part cheerlead. Of high no, they a lot of the time they cheerlead for. They partner oh, so with like partnered. Yeah. Up. Yeah. 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 So for like, okay. f- they'll have like formal dances and stuff where they'll be partnered with a private school, a female, a male. Oh yeah, have prom with no. Just yeah, just dudes, <laughs> yeah. dude. A prom with just dudes, honestly. Shout that would be, out, sh- shout out, shout out to the homies, dudes. Shout out to the homies. That. Yeah, that would be that'd be a rage fest. Yeah, that'd be insane. No, we get we go for like an hour and we'd be like, all right, where are the chicks at? <laughs> We're we're leaving. <laughs> I mean, I remember by the end of ours, we had kids that were shirtless with just their bow ties on. So. Yep, yep. No, but the prom was great. Anyone, I f- I feel bad for anyone that had a bad time in like middle school or high school, and I know there's a ton of those people. Uh, because like those par- like prom, uh, when you had homecoming dance, like all that, dude, it was all, it was all great time. Like high school was so fun. I also feel bad for the people that say it was the best time of their life too, because that's that's pretty that's that's pretty sad. That's rough. That's sad. Uh, Shout out to you, letter jacket football players that (laughs) that killed in high school that are now doing. Damn, who are you calling out today? (laughs) This is going for everybody. I'm just joking. We have the homeschoolers, the private schoolers. They turned into influencers. Who are we joking? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't know. All the Gen Z influencers are kind of the weird kids now. Yeah. Or they would they would have been weird kids in our time. Yeah. Imagine. I always say going down the hallway with them doing TikTok dances. Dude, I I always say oh, oh. I always say if we had imagine if we had Facebook, Instagram, like as we use it now, TikTok, back when we were in middle school or high school or elementary school. Oh my! I would have so much. We would all have so much bad shit on the internet. They do. You're... I don't. I'm saying you because yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't grow off. up in that time. Yeah. They had Facebook when we were like 15. Eric. Yeah, you but are making it sound like we're 80. Yeah, but no one was like filming. Like no one was trying to go like viral. Would well, we have Vine? Fair. That's fair. I guess we had like Vine. Vine. Oh god. Vine was really the start of it, but I feel like that was. I was like a year before it. Yeah, because Vi- I didn't know about Vine until it shut down, and then I was pissed because I really loved Vine. Yeah, Vine like Vine blew up when I was like a uh, senior in high school through like freshman in college. But like we never had like now everyone has their phone out videotaping, and like that wasn't a thing when we were in school. Like looking at your phone really wasn't even a thing when we were you in see, high like, school. Like golf tournaments and every person's on their phone. Oh, did you see the? Like, video- I never got that. I don't do that did for you- events. Speaking of the recent golf tournament, Waste Management Open. Did you see videos of all of Hurling the shit, just all of the hammered it. people? Oh man, dude! I like, mean, Waste Management Open. That sounds. They I were know. asking for it. I know they had oh. dump trucks parked around. I was like, this is so trashy. But that's literally what yeah, they what do. Yeah, what a trashy. That's name. literally what they do. No, so they shut off alcohol sales. So they said that like security had issues, like people were just walking through and it just turned into an absolute drunken shit show. There's videos of people like sliding down all these grass hills and people were just throwing down money as they were sliding over it. I was like, I have no idea what's happening right now. 
all the VIP booths were getting overran. They started just handing out alcohol to everyone. So it's just a massive party. And all the players That's what golf needs. All the players started getting upset. Well, not all. There's quite a few players, uh, videos of players telling telling the gallery to shut the hell up. John Daly would have been there parting it up. Is, I don't I don't know if he played in that. I love John Daly. I don't know. I know nothing about golf other than John Daly and Tiger Woods. John Daly. He so people say he would be the most talented golfer of all time if he practiced and tried. Yeah, but instead he got, got wasted. Instead he's a party animal. <laughs> Smoked cigars while he would play. Instead he's a party animal. The interviews with him, if you've never watched them, after you finish this podcast, go to YouTube. You should already be there if you like watching with video. Or there's some audio listeners as well. Type in John Daly, just interview. So good. He's he's so interesting. Anyways. Off, off, so, so all Way right. Off subject. We're off subject. So you, we talked about marketing degrees. <laughs> we talked about degrees in general. So my question back to you, Chris, is: If we're hiring someone at Vi, do you care if they have a degree? Do you care if they have a marketing degree or something relevant in marketing, communication, whatever X, Y, and Z? Um, or do you just not find it useful? None of the people that I have interviewed, I have even asked if they have a degree. And all the interviews that I've done, nobody's ever asked me if I have a degree. You guys didn't ask me before I came on. Right. Like, nobody really cares about a degree. But I do think there are people that having a degree is important for. Like, I sucked in high school. I got a 1.8 GPA in high school, which I think by Missouri's, like... A 1.8? Yes. That's a D, isn't it? I think it's an F. Like, I don't think I was legally supposed to actually graduate. I think I was supposed to be held back a year. Damn. Like, it was bad. But then I went straight to college. It's an equivalent to a 73%. Oh, that's a C. Oh, that's not as bad as I thought. C minus. There you go. There we go. I'm a C minus student. Yeah. I thought it was way worse. See, you're raising the bar. It's all good. Yeah, instead of saying. I thought it was that you had to have a minimum of 2.0 to graduate, though. I don't know. You have to reframe that. You you're a C minus student in high school. <laughs> that sounds that sounds better than one point eight. Two point to qualify for scholarships, I'm pretty sure. Well, yeah, but the next part of this makes a completely different. Okay, so the point of that was that I then went to uh, yeah school art for Institute. marketing. Yep. Well, the art institute and Lindenwood and had a four GPA when I graduated. So, so what was the issue with high school? I didn't care. I didn't care about anything I was doing there. That's fair. But I, once I went to college, and this is kind of where it comes back, like I learned my work ethic in college. What do you mean you didn't care? I just didn't care what I was doing in high school. You didn't care about I slept good through grades. Every class. You didn't no. care about getting good grades no, or not trying to get into college. Obviously not. No. Or anything like that. No. So you weren't thinking ahead at all. No, not at all. Not in the least bit. Did anyone have the discussion? I wanted to be a photographer. Did no, it? first I wanted to be a BMX rider. Then I yeah, wanted to be a photographer. Yeah, we've talked about that. I used to BMX ride all the time. Hey. Yeah. So I had I had a BMX bike. There was a behind our pool in our subdivision. There was um there was like uh for the city of Ellisville, shout out city of Ellisville. We use the hell out of your area up there. Uh they had like where the salt is kept now, uh by Krupp construction. They just had like a big ass field that had like mulch and rock and shit. And we built ramps out there and we're hitting ramps off mulch piles. It was it was dope. We had like a BMX park. And, like, it was untouched for, like, the whole time that we were in middle school and high school. It was not used. It was just dumped with material that they didn't use. 
Yeah, right after I got my license, they built uh, O'Fallon's Westhoff Skate Park and I, then I heard Washington Skate Park. So I pretty much just went back and forth between those. Have you BMXed recently? No. Do you have a bike? No. Okay. We're going to have to get some bikes at Vi. There we go. Yeah. Other than our Google Partner bike. Yeah, the Google Partner bike. Let me tell you, that thing... It's not meant to be ridden. <laughs> I popped, you, did, you did try to do a. I popped a wheelie. Hop. Yeah. I, I, I popped a couple wheelies. Tried to jump over the grass. It, I remember it was like 100 degrees that day that we were outside messing with that bike. And I was like, <sighs> I was like, <laughs> all right, we're, we're done with this. Okay. So to, so to answer your question, we don't. Yeah. It was we, that honestly, it doesn't really matter. It's about their passion and the work that they can show that they've done mm-hmm. and actually showing that they have a handle on the different concepts that they're working with what about someone with zero experience so honestly it's hard with marketing because there's so many people with experience that if you have zero experience that's where i think freelancing comes in like you have or working for friends and family like you've got to build up experience somewhere Mm -hmm. so i have a question about that real quick so because before in the past like during the boomer generation it was you had to have a degree we've moved away from that so far now so would you say it's almost more beneficial for someone to not do college at all, go and work at a place for, say, three years, and then just go try to go into an industry they want with just work experience, no schooling, well, past high school, of course. Look so. at trade schools and getting experience, like Chris said, volunteering your time for free. I mean, I know a lot of the, a lot of the gurus say it, but, I mean, it is – it is an easy way to get some clients. It's just be like, hey, let me let me manage your social media for free. Let me do X, Y, and Z for free. Get some experience. And people hate to say do it for free, but instead people will go and spend twenty plus thousand dollars a year on college where they are not making any money and definitely getting less experience than you would working. Because now is that just because people have finally kind of you know, Well, if everyone has a degree it's useless, right? If every, if every single person has a degree, then, then the next step is, well, now I have my master's. Now I have my doctorate. It's good. Like people are just going to be in school forever. Forever. Yeah. Cause we, we definitely moved away from it then. Cause I know, let's say for example, when my father started getting a job, he had to have a degree, like a college degree was a requirement to yeah. be a manager anywhere. Yep. But now hell I could go get a management job, probably in a factory somewhere all they're going to care about is, have you held a consistent job for two or more years, and will you show up for work the damn day? Well, right. So your parents had to have a degree, had so that's what they degree. taught you. Yes. So then all of their kids went and got a degree. I got a degree. And then now everybody's got a degree, so it doesn't matter anymore. But I would no longer. And there are a ton of kids I graduated with that I would not hire them Ooh, you know, at all because they are just it's like <laughs> they – the program was not good for them. Okay, so so right so in 1980, the average cost of attending a public degree, granting school, adjusted with inflation, is ten thousand dollars right now. Ten thousand dollars money right now, and the average, how much is the average? I wish. I got scholarships for like a full ride through Jeffco, which I went to first, and then scholarships for Webster. I still owe like fifteen, and that's with like eight scholarships. So I wish it was only ten grand. Yeah, but- I didn't get any scholarships because you know one point eight GPA. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I think I was the average 10K cost a semester. Where are they getting this number? In state public colleges, eleven thousand. 
Well, that's like per Jeff year. Well, that's like Jeffco, though. Think like small schools, like right? That. You're, you're thinking like uh, like Merrimack and things like that. But now like look at like colleges. Webster. Look at like big Ivy League schools. Yeah, like, like that's not cheap. Four well, years. Well, yeah, especially Ivy League, but like Webster. Four years schools. Okay, Lindenwood. Four years Umsel. schools cost on average right now. It looks to be about thirty-seven, thirty-eight thousand yeah. dollars. So we're looking at an. An so increased cost of times. going to college four times since yes, 1980. Yes. Um, I would say going to school, if you could, if you can go to school and get a good degree for 40K, maybe that would make more sense than now 160K. That's a big difference. Yeah. And also, I don't know if it was a thing back then versus now, but it seems like when you go to college now, it's a lot harder to to – my dad said he paid for college as he worked at uh, a, a pizza place at, at Mizzou. Literally with a part-time job, he paid for school. I don't know anyone that's going to be able to pay for school in a part-time job right now. There's no way. Like, say 40 And if you right are, now. why are you even in school? <laughs> I mean, I was working three part-time jobs just to, like, pay for my expenses of, like, driving back and forth to school because right. I didn't even stay on campus. Right. So I don't know how, how people would do that with just one job and paying for their schooling because I took everything out in loans. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, Matt, is it used to be a lot more valuable because you can if, – if someone was like, hey, you can go to this school, it's 40K, it's 10K a year for four years, 40K. Okay, fine. Well, and also they stuck out at that time too. Because right, they had a degree when a lot of people didn't. Right, so now it's more expensive, and more people are getting them. Yeah, and it's—I mean, it's a—it's insane. There's so many people that get worthless degrees that don't. I mean, when you say worthless, really, at the end of the day, it's degrees that, like health science, realistically, uh, you know, what can I go work at a hospital or something? I'm gonna walk in with my health science degree. I mean, that's probably not gonna help that much. You know what I mean? Maybe it'll help a little, but it's not going to help that much. Uh, so, you know, what was the what was the one like BS degree that everyone had? Was that like there's interdisciplinary business. studies? Interdisciplinary studies was a big one. I knew a lot of people that got um, was it literature? Something to do with like athletic trainer or oh, wow. athle- athletic training was a big one because yeah, that was our like, big one was as- athletic training yeah. and business. Yeah, damn. And let's talk about business degrees for a second, too, because yeah. you run a business. I run a business. We own, you own multiple businesses. Mm-hmm. You don't have a business degree. No, we ate shit and learned it the hard way. Yeah. But also, I don't. Can you learn entrepreneurship from a degree? We talked about this, what, a couple weeks ago with Scott? Oh, we did? Yeah. yeah. And let's bring it back up because it is an interesting discussion. We didn't really get into it. Is entrepreneurship a degree? It should be. It it should be? You said it should be? It should be, yes. Why? What are you going to learn for four years about entrepreneurship? Well, no, like if it was actually remade to where you could go work with an entrepreneur from scratch for four years, well, you'd be we're in back a much to, better position. Back to interning. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. It that's had an intern. Be, go, go intern. Yeah, go with. intern. 
But no, so it would have to be redone Might even get paid to a little actually bit. include like working with people in the industry. I th- you well, right. All the teachers for entrepreneurship and then have it mean anything. We we need to get away from looking at degrees entirely and looking at certificates and other things from highly reputable organizations as well. Because like, you know, say, for example, we built or someone built something that was entrepreneurship. It was an intensive one year course and it went through everything from, you know, getting a loan, uh, you know, a line of credit, financing, you know, all the the money side of the business uh, from, you know, from taxes and everything like that, from processes and organization uh, to sales, branding, marketing, uh, you know, to building a team. I think that I think that over a year that would make sense, right? You could you could learn a lot in a year. But the, again, the problem is with a lot of these degrees, you're going in for four years. You, it's a massive waste of time and money. It's just a waste of time and money. Yeah. That's all it is. It's a good ass time. <laughs> I'll go back to that. It's a good ass time. Like that's my biggest pro for college is. I would have not had the great time I had in college. But do I need that? Probably not. Yeah. I mean Okay, we gotta get off we gotta get off college degrees all right, for a all second. Right. Let's let's been let me, doing this for a long time. I have a question for you. Okay. We talked about employees a little bit. I wanna ask you a big thing among marketers. I'm on, you know, like I tell you, I'm on Reddit. I'm in the marketing subreddit. I'm in a lot of those. And I, I, I read a lot about, it's really a lot of the employees that post more so than owners of marketing agencies. And the biggest thing I hear day in and day out is marketers have some of the highest burnout. So I have, I have some good reasons here. I'd like to hear your reasoning why you think marketers have a big burnout. And then also... How do you think Vi does a good job of alleviating that? Because as far as our employees, who we hire and who we keep, I mean, we keep a ton of employees. Yeah. So, I mean, for burnout, I think it really comes down to, especially in marketing, it's so easy for an entrepreneur to get into marketing. So they like to start marketing businesses. And then these entrepreneurs start hiring employees and they expect their employees to work with the exact same work ethic that they do Mm -hmm. even though they're not actually owning the business or anything and that's where the burnout i think comes from a lot of times is the entrepreneurs putting all this pressure on the person to do the exact same thing that they're doing even though they're only getting paid you know 30k or whatever right and i mean that's just crazy you can't expect an employee at your business to care about your business the same way that you do Mm -hmm. and marketing especially is really bad with that especially because there's so many like it's salespeople who get into entrepreneurship and start a marketing agency or it's creatives that started their own business like I did and get into it that way and mm-hmm. then they go and work with a company and they're like butting heads because it's two different ideologies. Yep. So yeah, marketers definitely have a lot of burnout. One thing that I think Vi does really well is uh I mean, I think it's really comes down to culture. Yeah. And like we've got unlimited PTO. A lot of people use unlimited PTO as an excuse to not allow PTO. I was about to say corporate bro Instagram shout out. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, we have unlimited PTO. We recommend people to use it. Uh, I don't like everybody takes at least one week. Plus, we give them off one week during uh, Christmas. Yeah. And then they all take off like anytime they need to. Yeah. 
And I don't think we make fun of them for it or anything. No, like no. Corporate does. Yeah, making fun of someone taking off work. It's like, please. Yeah, we we have made people take vacations. We're like, go take a couple of days off. We had to do es- that with Deet. Especially after, especially after like a big project or something where maybe someone does have to put in a couple extra hours. Like, dude, go take a break. Because the last thing we want is employees that don't want to be there. Because that's what burnout is. It's like someone sitting in their desk saying, fuck this, fuck, fuck. They're just, they're just sitting there yeah, the whole I mean, time. Once, Not liking their job, hating that they're sitting there doing that job. And once you have like one toxic employee, that just bleeds into everybody else. Mm-hmm. So making sure that everybody's happy to some level. I mean, it's a job still at the end of the day. So you can't always be 100% happy more than likely. But yeah. yeah. That's where, again, culture comes in. You know, we do the gaming tournaments. We do events like uh, we went to the Dave & Buster's. We did Top Golf last summer. And I think that also plays into it. Yeah, yeah. So, we, you know, it, it, we go back to culture. We've talked about a culture a lot on this podcast. And it's been so hard for me to explain Vive's culture. You know what I mean? It's hard to explain how we've instilled whatever the hell we've instilled, you know, at our organization. It's so hard for me to explain that to someone that is just like, you know, it's compassion, right? Yeah. I think, I think a lot of large organizations miss out on compassion. And when we're a smaller organization, it it does make it easier, right? Because when, you know, say we had 500 people at the end of the day, some of those people, we like it or not, are going to be almost numbers. There's people going to be coming in and out. But with the smaller organization, it makes it a lot easier to be more personable too, to actually care about that person, what's going on in their life, X, Y, and Z, uh, versus, you know, some some sort of conglomerate that you don't actually know what, if they don't know what they're trying to achieve as an employee, as a team member, you know, they're not going to care because they have no, they have no sort of ambition or drive to, push the needle forward, if you will. I mean, that's another thing that we do really well at Vi is we figure out what our employees want and we help them get to that point. That's how I became CEO of Vi Media. Garrett yep. sat me down. He was like, what do you want? And I was the only one in the office who was like, I want your job. Yep. And we worked for a few months to like figure out how that would work. And it just ended up being really good timing. And it, it works out and well. And we do it with literally everybody else. Like, I just last week had a one-to-one with everybody, and that was the first thing I asked them was, what is it that you want? And we talked about goals, and we set goals, and we started planning for the future. I didn't get that meeting, Chris. I know. You didn't show up. Wait, what? to what? To the meeting. I didn't. It was it on we my calendar? We have the same one-to-one every week, and you, you keep putting no on it. Uh, we'll have to. I'll get back to the audience about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think your calendar just automatically denies me anytime somebody... <laughs> Just if Chris sends me an invite, auto decline. decline, auto decline. Hey there, St. Louis podcast listeners. We've got some exciting news from our sponsor, Farmers Insurance of St. Louis, led by the man, the myth, the legend, Mark Lee. Mark Lee of Farmers Insurance is recruiting agency owners here in St. Louis. That's right, Garrett. And everyone knows what Farmers Insurance is. And if they don't, they will now. Yes, it's kind of a household name. That said, as many of you know, a large part of our audience is made up of badass business owners, entrepreneurs, and top producing sales professionals with an open mind like yourself. Farmers Insurance is currently searching for driven individuals who aspire to own their own business or already own their own business and want to add another income stream to join the Farmers Insurance brand and own their own 
insurance agency. This is a stellar opportunity to build your own insurance agency from scratch, take over an existing agency, or if you're just a slow roller, we know you though, guys out there and ladies, get paid to train under an existing successful agency owner before starting your own. Holy shit, Eric. That means that whether you have experience as a business owner or you've never heard the word business before in your life, there's a pathway to owning your own business through Farmers Insurance Agency led by Mark Lee. That's right. You can become a Farmers Insurance business owner even if you've been homeless in the past, just like you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> if you've ever dreamt of being your own boss, building a team under a reputable brand, and making a difference in your community by offering top-tier auto, home, and commercial insurance to consumers and businesses in your area, Farmers Insurance of St. Louis, led by the godlike man himself, Mark Lee, has the perfect opportunity for you. Visit insurancecareerstl.com to speak with Mark Lee, the district manager of Farmers Insurance of St. Louis, to become a Farmers Insurance Insurance Agency owner today. Did you hear that, St. Louis? Go visit insurancecareerstl.com. Insurancecareerstl.com. That is I-N-S-U-R-A-N-C-E. Career, C-A-R-E-E-R-S-T-L.com. To become a business owner today, again, one more time, visit insurancecareerstl, as in St. Louis.com today right now, this second, or reach out to us at stlouispodcast.com and we'll introduce you to Mark Lee ourselves. And I promise he won't spell out insurance and career to you. Now back to the show. Okay, okay. So burnout, yeah, complete, completely agree. Completely agree. Okay, so I wanted to talk about branding versus performance because for the longest time, we have talked about performance-based marketing because for smaller organizations, that's really what they need then, you know, then and now is money in their pocket. What can we do to generate them business immediately? Uh, you know, obviously with, with getting paid ads set up on, on Google and Microsoft for people searching for exactly what your company offers is a great start, but you have to have a budget associated to actually make sure that that is going to be successful. Um, and then of course you have, you know, you have branding and creative, right? And you also have two different types of marketers really that work in these different fields too, right? You have, you know, you have the Zach Dixon type SEO who likes numbers and he likes, you know, making sure that we're driving the needle forward as far as technical SEO and things like that and establishing a strategy. Then you have people that want to create stuff for social media, right? From a branding perspective, you know, maybe right now it's not driving, you know, revenue to the company, but overall it's creating a brand awareness that way, you know, once people either need your service, they remember you, or when they need your service, they go to Google, they search, and then your company pops up on there as well. They remember seeing you in the past and then you get business that way. Uh, but where do you see, where do you see the difference as far as what it makes sense for companies? Does it make sense for companies to always do both? is if do smaller businesses need to focus on one or the other what's you know what's kind of your thought process on that well so i think it really comes down to your niche and your target market so we work with a lot of home service companies that's going to make sense where they need performance first mm -hmm. because honestly nobody cares about having a construction truck that looks really pretty you just want to make sure that they do a good job and that they're doing that now branding does come into like it, it affects the brand. Mm -hmm. It is important to have a good brand. And that's why we still do offer logo design because we want to make sure that they're not just like 
slapping up a goofy logo and then going to houses because yep. it does help. But at the end of the day, they don't really care about that as much as like an e-commerce brand where your branding is everything. Like Yeezys are successful not because of how great their product is, honestly. It's because of the branding around yeah, it. Product is mid. And the product is okay. Yeah. You don't like Yeezys? No. No. What do you like? I don't I don't really even have that many tennis shoes. You know me. That's true. I don't know if I've ever seen you wear tennis shoes. I have my my Beckett Simonon uh sneakers that I don't I have like one pair. That's the like, most pretentious thing I've ever heard. I know. <laughs> shout out Beckett Simonon, dude. I need that. No, hey. Shout if you're listening right now, Beckett Simonon, and I know that you are. We'd love to have you as a sponsor on the podcast. Anyways, Chris. Probably would have been good to throw out during Dakota's podcast. Ooh. But yeah, so I mean, it really just comes down to the target market, who you're working with. Like, for the companies that we work with, performance is what matters. For e-commerce companies, that type of thing, branding is going to lead to performance. Because whenever you're doing e-commerce, everybody has, like, it's easy for them to all throw up ads and do the same thing. And it's Mm. going to be that branding that sets them apart. And especially like e-commerce, they're doing a lot more organic. They're doing a lot more like they need to be everywhere at all times because they need to be top of head. So let's say for a local company, uh, say you're spending good money on performance-based marketing. At what point should branding come into play as far as, you know, and when I say branding, I mean, you're paying monthly just for eyeballs. You're not paying money for leads, right? So that could be TV. It could be radio. It could be just just generating content on social media and just putting ad money behind it to get more eyeballs. At what point does that make sense? I mean, at the very beginning, you need to have everything lined up and have a consistent brand. Like we do the digital foundation and that comes with a style sheet Mm -hmm. because having that consistency across the board is really important. And then after that, it's not until you're like, until you've really exhausted all of your performance. And you're at that point, you're like, I can't put any more into Google. Like we've had big roofing companies that spend 40K in Google ads. They mm-hmm. can't spend any more. So now they need to go into branding yep. and work on TV ads because that's going to get them top ahead. Yep. And it works really well for them. But they also had the Google ad and the performance strategy behind it because that performance strategy is going to be. And a lot of our performance strategies are long term. Branding's even longer term than that. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, branding is long term. If yeah, branding is long term. You're not going to get money right now or maybe you will, but that's not the right that's not the end goal is leads immediately. It's just for top of mind to make people know that hey, you're out there, we're around if you need our service, here we are. And again, if you go to Google and you're searching for them, you remember them because you already saw them. But Speaking of branding, though, so like we just had the Super Bowl last weekend, the Super Bowl ads were making, they cost $7 million per ad Mm -hmm. on average. Mm -hmm. And for most companies, they were making an eight times ROI. Okay, hold on. And that's completely branding, but it also turned into performance. Hold on. $7 million. That was for the ad placement. Yes. That is not not cr- to create it. That not to create just cre- the placement. Right. So I was having this discussion with everyone at my, at the Super Bowl party I was at, and they were all like, "This commercial cost seven million. and I'm like, "No, no, it didn't." I'm like, "The placement of this commercial on the TV for thirty seconds cost seven million, not to get 
you know, multiple paid actors in a lot of them, not to hire the marketing agency, not to hire Brian the Reynolds, videographers, and, uh, yeah, X, Y, and Z. I'm the like spaceship. I mean, who knows how much a spaceship? I'm like, costs. I guarantee the cost of those ads is probably more than the placement of the ad. Wow, no, it yeah, might definitely. Be the other way. I think it would probably cost what you think two million to make the ad and then seven to place it. No, I mean it also depends on the ad. I mean, uh, so if you have a celebrity in some of those commercials, those celebrities are getting paid millions of dollars to be in that commercial. Yeah, each. Like the Beyonce Pepsi commercial probably cost ten mil plus to. Let yeah. me see create. if I can find yeah. like one. Like Beyonce like alone probably made ten mil off of it. What yeah. do you guys want to do? Do you want to do the Pepsi one? Because you mentioned it, or which one do you want to do? See how much they got paid for it. No. Well, did, did you? Timu had two ads. Can we talk about Timu real quick? Oh God, I didn't yeah. see them. I didn't see their ads. Timu had two ads. Timu, first of all, Timu apparently is losing a bunch the of money. Shop. This is a scam. Yeah, harm. Well, it is a scam. Yeah, yeah. They're just they're just selling literally bootleg shit, and people love it, and it's insane. Like that is peak consumerism at its finest by America. It's like Wayfair, but worse. Dude, have you used it? No. So they they literally have it like oh get seven items and get an additional like fifty percent off. It's it's ran like a casino. It's if you download the app, I had to do this. I did it a couple months ago just to run through the app, and I was like, this is straight cancer. It's straight cancer. Yeah, and I saw a meme that was like, Timu used your uh, credit card information to run these ads. Yeah, it, it, they're taking. It's all. If you purchase from Timu, do yourself a favor and get some help. That's all I'll say. Because literally, you're buying absolute garbage. Yeah. Like, it's, like you can do better. It's okay. What's you, the what was the fast fashion one that everybody used for a while? Wish. No, Sheen. Oh, Sheen. yeah, Wish is also. Really oh, Sheen. Bad. Sheen. Uh, you I, buy you buy glasses for fifty cents. Yeah. Yep. Takes three weeks to get there. They're all the same. Yeah. They're all the same. It's. They're they're making this stuff for like pennies. But I feel like they're getting worse and worse. Like Wayfair was okay, and then Wish, no Sheen was okay. I mean, Wish was awful. Wish is awful. Uh, Alibaba, that's also horrible. Yeah, I mean, good luck finding anything to. Yeah. So it's even Amazon's awful now. Even Amazon is awful now, except for like brands you know. Like you, if you go and search for a product you're looking for, ninety nine percent chance that they don't have what you actually want like if you try and find whatever it doesn't matter it's almost always some sort of knockoff brand that you've literally never heard of yeah and you got to be very careful on amazon like you have to go to their specific store like if you buy apple products yeah like just looking for an apple pencil you get like a hundred different counterfeit ones yeah you got to go specifically to the apple store yeah it's a it's it's ridiculous okay so, so Timu dropped twenty one million on the three Super Bowl ads. That's just uh, the cost of the ads. Wait, they had right? three and ads. They had three ads on the Jesus Super Bowl. Christ. So twenty one million right there. The cost of one of them was one point two. That's for the thirty second one. Okay. I can't find the minute one. I'm just gonna double it. We're gonna say two point five. This company dropped at least probably thirty million on the Super Bowl this year. But did Timu even have like a like a celebrity sponsor in there? I don't think because like so. some like the T-Mobile commercials had a lot of celebrities. Well, yeah, but they spent more. But that's a good indicator, though. So you're saying 1.2 like million Momoa, for Zach no okay, so, so actors. So probably like you said, four or five. Yeah, a lot more because you have to pay those people. Damn, 1.2 for like just 
us, just people like us going listen, there and getting paid. Listen to this. Timu loses about $30 per order. Damn. <laughs> uh, so it says that um, one analyst, Sanford Bernstein, states that if Timu keeps hitting its targets, it could lose over $2 billion by 2025. So how does this business model make sense? It doesn't. Are they are they laundering well, money? Where's so it where's it based? Data. Data. They're laundering data. That's oh, what there it you is. Because they yep. take your shopping patterns, everything, they get into your phone. That's why Timu is supposed to be considered spam spamware spam. or whatever. Yeah. Ah, yeah. okay. Yep. Yeah. I downloaded it to my phone, then I deleted it. I they got that. they you, got my info. <laughs> they got your info. There you go. I had to use it. I had to. I had to. You did not have to. You're gonna you. see it. You're no, because I it. didn't understand how bad it, dude. I should have. Oh. I should have videos. I'm sure it's on YouTube. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Two million dollar charge tomorrow. For <laughs> I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't put card info or anything. In. All, okay. Okay. So he's he's good. All they had was my email. Jesus. <laughs> my spam email too. So oh, they can they can go ahead and send whatever they want there. All right. So yeah, Timu. It, just like any other Chinese, it seems like uh, app. It's just trying to collect data from from the United States citizens. So keep supporting China, one hundred percent, to all you people that still use Timu. Hey, did you know or that, ever um, use Timu? Singapore is in China. Wait, what? Singapore, it's in China, right? No, I'm going back and making fun of the people that the fucking senators that roasted the poor dude. No. I was like, I don't know who you're talking about. Okay, I got a question for you, Chris. You're so, asking me a lot of questions. So going back to Mar- – you know what? Fine. Fine. I'll bring something up. All right, so let us let me talk about um, some mindsets, some, some things to think about when it's coming to marketing. So, again, this comes from year, years of doing this, and I think um, – one big thing that we've really worked on at Vi and kind of changing not only our client's perspective, but our own perspective is getting as many leads as possible. Two, instead of production numbers have to hit X for me to exceed financial expectations. So instead of just trying to get as many leads as possible, which in theory sounds great, go ahead and run a Facebook ad. You can get a bunch of leads and 99% will be garbage. But if you want quantity, you can definitely go there. Instead, looking at it from a standpoint of if we want $250,000 in sales coming from this marketing avenue next year, we know that our close rate is this, that, uh, you know, our conversion rate from someone on the phone to actually scheduling, you know, an estimate or a consultation is this. We know that the cost per lead is going to be approximately this. Then we can go ahead and break all of that down and come up with at least an estimate, a good guess that is going to get us to that point where that client actually wants to be. Uh, and it seems like no marketing agency really takes that approach. It's more of a shotgun approach. Hopefully something happens. Yeah, which I feel like is one thing that Vi does really well is like laying out that plan directly to the client Mm -hmm. and breaking down our numbers. And then the fact that we're also tracking everything down, like we've got Vi leads, we've got Google Analytics all set up. So we're able to track all of that and go over that every week or every month Um, with our client every month. Yeah, we go over it with the client every month. Yeah. Jeez. You're like, we only go into your account once a month. No, no, no. 
No, we review the reports once a month. There we go. There we go. God, Eric. Okay, continue. Uh, I mean, honestly, you kind of threw me off with that. I don't even know what I asked. <laughs> I don't either. Oh, yeah. I was talking about breaking down the numbers. When we're coming to – when we're looking at meeting a revenue number based on a marketing parameter, based on, hey, we want to hit 500000 or 250000 we can look back in, in a campaign and actually build that out properly with performance, right? So that's what we're talking about with Google Ads. We're able to literally look back at we want to get in front of these people – this many times it's going to take us this amount of money to get this amount of leads. And that should then lead to us closing this amount of business. Yeah. But marketing companies don't look at it that way. Uh, all the time I hear when I go in and talk to a company, you know, 99% of the time a marketing company will come in and they'll just be like, yeah, you have to spend $5,000 a month. They don't ask any questions as to what are your goals? Who are you looking to get in front of? What's your service area? You know, what services do you want to push most? What's the profit on those different services? And actually figuring out and building a marketing strategy that's just, that's going to work. They go in, they sell a cookie cutter service. They're like, hey, we need to spend 5000 on ads. There you go. Call it a day. And they launch it and they wonder why they're not successful. Which is, I mean, every client's completely different. So if we've got a health and wellness company, they probably need to spend less on SEO or Google ads than something like a roofing company where sure. they're in an extremely competitive industry. Yeah. Like if you want to make it big as a roofing company, you're going to have to put the money into it. Yep. But health and wellness, there's not a lot of people putting their money into it. So you're able to get away with a lot less. This is also another thing that we're kind of running into with our social media packages as far as long-term planning outside of just hey, the service is going to bring you 10, 15, 20 leads this month. Mm-hmm. But it's also building up that branding and building up that long-term like, hey, this not, might not necessarily get you 10 leads this month, but it's going to help build up your presence in the client's mind or in the customer's mind Yep, and start making a difference that way, which then leads into making these other strategies more successful. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, it's not just a shotgun approach. I mean, I say, I say all the time and I think I posted on Facebook a couple of weeks ago, you know, if you don't have a strategy, what the hell are you doing? If you have no goal set up, if you have no strategy, if you're not measuring anything, why are you even spending any money? You're just wasting your money. So, uh, you know, setting up an, a, an, an honest marketing plan, looking at the historical data, setting up a true target audience and choosing the avenues needed to hit those goals is important. And that's, that's literally the part that's skipped it yeah. is the most important part. And really the part that at the end of the day, if you've done it enough times with enough clients in those industries, you know, it's not going to take you a ton of time to figure that out. Well, our services over the years have changed a lot. Yep. But we've now kind of figured out like, hey, one, we know exactly who we're working with. So we know a construction company. We can walk in, tell them exactly what the steps are, A to B to C to D. Mm -hmm. And then what ends up happening is a lot of times, or not a lot of times, but sometimes the client will try to jump ahead to step C, which is Google Ads. Yep. And we don't have those other pieces in place. And we're able to, I mean, predict that it's not going to do as well as it could. Yep. And we've seen that happen over and over and over. But then we also have clients that trust us. 
Like we had Luke Randall on. He trusted us to go through the entire process. Mm -hmm. And his campaign's been going fantastic. I mean, it's growing like massively and just launched it in January. Mm -hmm. It it just it seems like uh like you actually said it earlier. A lot of these marketing agencies are sales agencies. They're not marketing agencies. Yeah. And I think that's where it comes down to leadership not being in the right headspace. Because if all you care about is sales and you don't care about the end client, then what the hell are you even doing? Like, I think it's such it's such a it's 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 literally evil, I think, in my mind to sell, especially a small business, some sort of service that you know damn well at the end of the day probably is not going to work. It's it's a crime. It's literally a crime. You should go to jail for it because it's 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 bullshit. You're leeching. You're leeching. Go take advantage of the Fortune 500 companies. Like go take advantage of the financial institutions, banks, and things like that. You know, airlines. Uh, you know, automobile manufacturers. Go take advantage of those people. Let's not take advantage of small businesses. We want to be the Robin Hoods people. I mean, especially in the market like St. Louis, we're not as big as a New York, LA, Chicago. Like we have to be doing really good work to actually succeed in this market because everybody talks to each other. We're in front of all kinds of St. Louis people, especially with this podcast. Yep. So we got to have that good, uh, good quality to back it up. A hundred percent. Otherwise it just kills it. Bad quality spreads quickly. Yep. I mean, we know a couple agencies that we won't name on here that have a questionable reputation to say the least. (laughs) <laughs> a lot and, of them and we hear it all the time not to say that we're perfect but we damn well do our best to try yeah uh so with that said really kind of what i was getting to on that is that there is no silver bullet doing the basic stuff consistently well puts you already ahead of 75 percent of the competition if you're doing it well which majority of people aren't if you're doing it well consistently you are going to be better than three-fourths of everyone else doing what you're doing um, and also looking at, you know, we've talked to, have you ever read the 80, 20 rule book? Um, I haven't read it, but I've heard of it. I, for, I forget who it's, I forget who it's written by, but 80% of the results are produced by 20% of causes when it comes to a business and growing. So ensuring that you're working on those 20% of the causes and not the other 80% is super the, important too. the Pareto principle. Yeah, there we go. The Pareto principle or Pareto principle. I don't know. I forget how to pronounce it. Whatever. It doesn't matter. 80-20 rule. That's what everyone knows it by. So 80-20 rule is great as well. Okay. So, you know, you have something on here, actually, that I'll go ahead and just tee up for myself, which is what would you do differently if you started Vi? Well, when starting Vi? So quite a few things. Quite a few things. Number one was to figure out how to properly manage finance in a business. And that could have simply be done by reading Profit Profit First is a good book. Um, You know, watching YouTube videos, anything to learn the basic finances of a business. Because you think it's as simple as money in, money out, but it's not, right? Uh, How old were you guys when you started, Vi? We were 23. Yeah, I mean, that's that's young to be starting a business. Yeah, we had no idea what we were doing. And I was, I mean, shout out Garrett. I was the fiscally responsible one of the group. 
So I was the one that was put in charge. And if you know me, I should not be in charge of this. I'm good at in charge of my own finance, but I am not organized enough. I'm not, I don't have the, uh, the C brain from the disc test to be the person that's managing IDs, payroll. Yeah. I was managing. That's why we run a podcast. I was, that's right. I was managing payroll. I was managing, uh, billing. I was doing all the shit, dude, in an Excel sheet. In an Excel sheet. And there are people still to this day that are listening right now that are like, oh, I still do that after 10 years. <laughs> Come on, people. There's softwares for this. Uh, but, I mean, we had no idea. We didn't know anything about softwares. We didn't know. All of, all of our understanding and my understanding came from my previous job, which was in credit repair. And, you know, working alongside Ben, the owner, and really being able to manage that business because it was just three of us and being able to manage clients, being able to manage referral partners, like all of that stuff, it led me to be successful at Vive from a sales perspective. But from a business perspective, we were entirely lacking on absolutely everything and anything to do with business. Um, so learning, better learning finance, how to understand numbers and books how to run your business, making sure that you have like basic stuff set up like QuickBooks. That way you can, it's not a nightmare at the end of the year to go back through. I mean, we were running stuff on like personal cards and shit, like get a business bank account, run stuff through the business account. Uh, and, and then also from a standpoint of just learning, we were really young. So we didn't, you know, we didn't read. Now I've read a ton of books on on business and sales and marketing. But then, you know, I had read a couple books and we were listening to like Grant Cardone, right? And Gary Vee, which, you know, from a mindset perspective, I guess is fine. But really, at the end of the day, that's not they're really not providing any value, right? They're not they're not really telling you how to grow your business. They're or, just hyping you up. They're just hyping us up, which was which when you're 22, 23 and you're first in business, it's cool. You're like, yeah. I mean, it's good. They say that sales is the number one thing for whenever starting a business. Like you have to have sales because without sales, yep. you don't have a business. Yep. But once you have those sales, you have to understand the numbers. You have to understand your costs. Understand you numbers. Understand your profit. I mean, everything. Understand also your clientele. Yeah. This is not something we understood when we started the company. We sold to everyone and every, everyone and anyone. Which at first, not saying that it was a bad thing. I mean, literally all we were doing was social media posting back, you know, seven years ago when arguably you could do a hell of a lot more damage without spending money on social media by organic strategy. But that's that's all we were doing. We'd work with any real estate agent, large corporation, Dairy Queen. It didn't matter. We we're going to take you on, even if it didn't make any sense for us to do so. All we saw was the revenue. Right. So you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we need this. We need this. So you bring them on, then it becomes an absolute nightmare. You end up probably losing more money than you made because it's not something that you should have done in the first place. So understanding who your clients are, right? And really that kind of came twofold with our services because we were just selling social media to everyone. Once once we started to understand that we were going to be able to scale and provide value to clients by showing a direct return on investment, we moved to performance, right? We moved to Google ads. We moved to Facebook ads as well back then when it made sense uh, for, you know, some of our clients in, in SEO, because going directly after intent-based marketing, meaning if someone's going to Google 
for HVAC, for their roof leaking, for their heater not working, for water in their basement. They got a crack in their foundation, right? They're going to go to Google. They're going to search for that problem. You want to make sure you're being found there. Um, and if you're not, that's a problem, right? It's a big problem. So understanding understanding that. Then we understood that with, you know, with that service, it, it doesn't make sense for absolutely everyone to be running Google ads, at least from a standpoint of monthly management, right? We come into contact with clients all the time that, you know, can only spend a thousand bucks a month on Google ads or 1500 bucks a month on Google ads. Well, if you add in our management cost alongside your small ad budget, it doesn't make, we can't work with you. I mean, we could, expensive. we could, but once you look at the numbers to make everything work, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Right. So, so going back to that, so then we realized home service companies are great, right? Because we know that on average, they're going to have sales, you know, sale, sale volumes over $1,000, right? Some of them 10, 20, $30,000. And we know that a cost per lead, say on Google of a hundred bucks, at the end of the day, is not an issue for those people because the sales value makes up for that. And of course, acquiring that client makes up for it in the long term. So then we focused on, you know, home service companies. And then we started uh, working with, you know, prof some professional services as well, like law firms that can pay an absorbent amount as they do on, you know, on performance. And of course, they spend a bunch on branding, right? I mean, shit, billboards, radio, TV, quarter of the commercials are probably law firms. So then we found out, obviously, that works well for us. And really, all we've been doing is doubling and tripling down on those on those niches that we know that work well. And finally, our newest service offering that we started offering again is social media because we were tired of honestly working with uh, social media marketing only agencies, right? Nightmares. Shout out to you guys that actually do it well. Um, you know, well, that was the thing. Most of them don't do it well. Right. Exactly. That was me shouting him out. It was it was a, it was a joke, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I, I didn't catch on. Yes, that was the joke. Is that it's having a partner in that space? So we were like, screw it. In order for it to make sense for our clients, we're going to have to do this ourselves. So now we're again offering content strategy and social media posting uh, for our clients, which is awesome, and we love doing that. Uh, and it goes hand in hand with what we're doing. I mean, personal branding wise for ourselves, it goes hand in hand with the strategy we're using for this podcast you know, pushing that content out for the videos that we're creating. I mean, it only makes sense that we're able to sell that as well to I mean, to yeah, we're clients. already doing it with Vi, Half Coast, uh, West County, West County and yeah. St. Louis Podcast. Yep. All of our test dummies. Yeah. All of our internal companies that, yeah, we all own, part own, or some, somehow have a part of. Uh, yeah. The, the Vi mogul Half Coast conglomerate. All right, so um, I, do, I I know I know Matt's gonna have us wrap up here. Oh, so yeah, last questions yep. wrapping up for you. All right, Biden or Trump? Who you got? Oh, I'm just, I'm just I'm just kidding. Terrible. Uh, I just I'm, I'm just kidding. All right, Shane Gillis hosting SNL. Uh, Matt, did you see this? I have not. I'm so excited about it. Okay. February 22nd, I think it is. Yep, I think that's right. So let me pull. Let me pull up the article here. So essentially, what was it? It was 2018 or 2019, maybe even 2020, 
where he was he was going to be the newest team member on SNL. If you guys don't know who Shane Gillis is, he is a stand-up comedian and has arguably one of the funniest podcasts with um, his buddy Matt McCusker, who's also a stand-up comedian, and they just go off the rails on their podcast. So what ended up happening was some people found a clip of him talking about uh, a certain subsect of people in the United States, and he was riffing on it being funny, and they ended up it ended up getting him canceled from SNL. Full circle, three and a half years later, he's now like comedy fans' favorite comedian. Like this guy is like the number – from a voting perspective online, he is the fans' favorite comedian right now. Uh, he had a Netflix special drop that was amazing. Netflix special was so good. Beautiful Dogs is great. Uh, it's so damn funny. I probably quote it two or three times a week. It's it's so funny. So – so essentially, he comes full circle. They cancel him. He's at his lowest he's ever been, essentially, in his career, which, I mean, really, comedians, before they ever make it, are in the low because they ain't making shit anyways. <laughs> and he he gets canceled. He takes it in stride. And then, really, the cancellation almost helped Shane because it gave him a boost. A bunch of people that never heard about him now heard about him. That's how I originally heard about him was through the cancellation. And then I started listening to him. I was like, this guy's hilarious. He makes sketch. Full, so anyways, full circle, he's now invited not only – he's not a team member. He's going to host SNL. I mean, the same thing happened with Norm MacDonald. Who's also hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I really what are your like thoughts the, on this, Chris? I mean, I'm really excited about it. I love Shane Gillis. I think he's hilarious. Uh, I think his sketch show that he did – Gillian Keeves? Yeah, that was absolutely hilarious. So I just good. found that recently. So good. I didn't actually know who he was until I found him on uh, on Netflix, and then I think I saw him on Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah. and The uh, terrorist Carlot one? That's so funny. The oh ISIS. My, yeah, the ISIS Carlot. No, you need to lean into it. No. <laughs> <laughs> we are not beheading our competitors. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so okay. So he was canceled in 2019, so right before, right before COVID. And now he's back to host. So funny. It's so good. Uh, I do want to say, though, SNL. Fuck you, SNL. Because all this goes to show is that they're sellouts. They'll do anything to get more people to watch their show. And also last week they had, or a couple weeks ago, they had Nikki Haley on <laughs> making fun of Trump. Yes. And I was like, yes, I was like, this this is what SNL has come to. Yeah. And I was like, this is just sad. It's a I'm sad just surprised day. that SNL still works as like a show. Like who watches Saturday? Old Night Live? people, old people, old yeah. people. Right. But none of my, the comedy is for old people. My parents are my my whole family. I every like they probably do better on YouTube than anywhere else. Every single Christmas, they have to watch the one SNL skit of. um where they uh, switch jokes? No, 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 no. Like the, the is that the only good thing left? The on kissing, there? the kissing booth, or something? Oh yeah, I know what you're talking. Or about. Or not the kiss? Ah, it's where they're both in the booth. They're making fun of each other, how they look, right? No. Or is it something about something about boobs? I have no clue. Um, ah. but they're not the only company doing that, though. Did you hear about Johnny Depp getting replaced <sighs> in Pirates of the Caribbean? I did. I didn't. I didn't actually bring this up, but yeah. Did you see? It's it's it. 
not to sound like an absolute asshole right now. He didn't now, get fully replaced though. Disney It's not Disney is not Jack Sparrow. Disney is replacing the lead with a with an African American American lesbian female character. Yes. So Jack Sparrow As if as if as if Disney has not learned enough over the past 2 years and losing 180 billion <laughs> in market cap value by not only becoming woke, spending a bunch of money on a bunch of other shit that hasn't turned out for them, but now they do this? This is their comeback? I think they're trying to push Depp completely out. Like, they wanted to get rid of him with the Amber Heard crap. Obviously, he was found innocent of that. They should pay they him $300 million to come back. I think he said he didn't want to come back. Also, he did. it's Pirates of the Caribbean, like, eight. Six. So, six. Yeah, but oh, he wow. built it all over himself. Like, name one person I in think Pirates it's of time. the Caribbean that you know besides uh, Johnny Depp. Uh, I know, I, Barbosa. I don't know the actor's name, though. Uh, the woman. Kira Knightley. Yeah, Kira Knightley. Okay, so congratulations. That's it, but, like, It's only the first two that people... I didn't even know there was a three, four, five. I didn't know there was I mean, a... F- I didn't know... And everything I didn't know there was a fifth. I'll, t- I'll say that for <laughs> sure. I'll say that for sure. But how can you replace? So if we don't even know that there's a fifth, how can we actually have an opinion on what's going on with Pirates Hold of the Caribbean? Hold on. Let's let's see how much we didn't watch it. They don't give a fuck about us. But then you just end it, right? It's like Fast and the Furious. What if they actually went out of the way and replaced all the main people? Just make a different show, then. So the fifth one made eight hundred million box office. Damn. God. They spent two hundred and they spent three hundred mil on it. Hey Disney, listen. I don't have the same views as him. If you want. You need a lead, another hey, another white male. I'm just, I'm just, they don't I'm, want you. Then they don't want just, white males anymore. I'm just saying, like, what are you doing? They, what are you doing? Who yeah. are you trying? Who is your target audience? We just talked about marketing. We just discussed marketing for 45 minutes on this podcast. The marketing of this movie makes no sense. Who is your audience? But she's not playing Jack Sparrow. She's she is the lead. Him. She's yes, replacing him she's as the lead. Replacing him as the lead, but she's not Jack Sparrow. But Jack Sparrow. A not- lot of the people that have been complaining think that she is Jack Sparrow, and so they've gender swapped and race swapped Jack Sparrow. Oh, I haven't heard. <laughs> but that, she's a man. completely new character well, no, as, the lead. That as Jack, the lead. As the as the lead pirate. Other people can be, be the lead. lead. He's had five movies. <laughs> this is like. This He's is, had five chances. This is like Battle... And the fifth one sucked, apparently. This is, this is like Battlefield 2... One, or which battle, Battlefield 5 was it where they put the, the woman on the front cover and everyone flipped out? Oh, that was... Shit, I know what you're talking about. With like one the of the Battlefields. Arm. Yeah, one of the Battlefields. This is exactly that. We never learn. Not to say What's women... What's there to actually learn? Not to say women can't be pirates, but that's not the first thing they I can. think of. That's not the... No, that's Histo- a you problem, Historically, though. Historically, uh, women were not pirates, just as women did not fight on the front lines. Historically, of it's War a II. fictional movie. I have seen Based on pirates, though. I have seen. Hold on. Okay, I, were you upset about uh, Little Mermaid? I have. <laughs> what was Little Mer- Mermaid? Mermaid? Mermaids can't be black. They got to be white. <laughs> I mean, that was. The, <laughs> whenever I think about a mermaid, she is white. <laughs> I don't with red hair. Mermaids are mermaids are insane in the first place. I don't understand mermaids. <laughs> You're white, black, Hispanic. I don't care what you are. Mermaids are dumb. A Mexican mermaid. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Anyways, anyways. Anyway, so Somali pirates. Okay. Okay, let's think about everyone's seen the movie with Tom Hanks. Yes. Yeah, so. I'm the captain now. Captain, what is Captain Phillips? So. Captain Phillips, thank you. 
You know how many female Somali pirates there were on that ship? Zero. Zero. And that's a documentary. It is. <laughs> that's not a documentary. Based on a true story. <laughs> what are you talking about? That movie was a documentary, right? It showed you what not to do in every situation. You don't do that. I, I'm, again, you know, to all the listeners, I really couldn't care less. I really couldn't care about this uh, Pirates Women of the Caribbean. Women still occupy these important secondary roles in contemporary piracy. Secondary roles. I mean, we're not saying that they weren't important. We're saying that I didn't get stabbed in, in the eye with a sword by a woman back when I was running rum and coke. All right. Uh, yes, fair. Pretty much. There are around 100 known examples of female pirates, about 40 of whom were active in the golden age of piracy. Let's go. All right. Let's go, Chris. Some women have been pirate captains and some have commanded entire pirate fleets. Oh, shit. Let's go. Who we got? We got a pirate? That being a name? said, they're mostly Chinese. I know Anne Bonny, and that's it. An Asian, so. I know Anne Bonny, and that's You know, it. maybe that's the real issue with. <laughs> maybe we should talk. <laughs> maybe I'm taking Pirates of the Caribbean as, like, a, a documentary, because I'm like, that's how pirates, that's how they did shit as back in the day, right? That's They had those wooden boats, right? Black flag. They come I've from, from the dead. dead. I've played Black Flag. I've played <laughs> Assassin's Creed Black Flag. This is how it was, right? Or watch Black Sails. There you go. That's probably closer to the reality. Yeah. Hey, I, I I am smart enough to say I don't know shit about piracy. But I will say that I can be fairly confident in saying that there is a lot more male pirates than females. Yes. But now here's a trivia question for you. But again, the whole point is, who is the audience of Pirates of the Caribbean? Is it kids? No, it can't be anymore. Teenagers? Who is it? It's got to be kids. It's, no, it's got what it has to be adults now. The people that watch the first is movie it are more female now? Is it more no, female? People watching the first movie aren't watching Pirates of the Caribbean. Is it more seven? <laughs> Wait, is it more females or males? Males. It doesn't matter what you look Do, up. Does like Disney want to make movie. money or not? Yeah, I mean, maybe that's not their target market though. Maybe they've done the market research and they'd rather aim at females and lose money. This is like the WNBA all over again. Well, the reason I'm coming back That's to this is... That's a completely different thing. The comic book industry, right? The comic book <laughs> industry is predominantly male. Why would uh, you ever want to go towards not your base? Captain Marvel was a great movie. Captain Marvel was a terrible movie. You take that back. Captain that Marvel was, was a I great movie. I haven't seen it. Worst I haven't seen Marvel it. movie ever made garbage. I haven't. Why, Matt? Why? Tell us. No. You, you, because she was a woman? Because Brie Larson sucks. There's my answer. I Why? cannot I, stand her. As I don't a like Brie Larson either. But was it a if, great movie? If you put a paper bag over her head in the movie, still trash. Okay. Bad pacing, bad story, bad setup, bad ideas. It was fantastic. Pacing. They didn't even take a single thing from the fucking comic books it's made on. Uh, it's trash. Yeah, okay. Scarlet Witch was great. Scarlet. What, what was the name of the series? Well, no, TV Scarlet, show. Witch, Scarlet Witch was WandaVision. the last one. WandaVision was good. Yeah, WandaVision was great. But now look at Black Widow, the one with only Black Widow and... Black Widow was okay. Garbage. It was okay. It was like a four. Uh, there has been plenty of dope female... Maybe like seven. There's plenty of dope female uh, superhero, but they're mainly shows. Uh, Jessica Jones on Netflix was solid. Okay. Jessica Jones was solid. That show was solid. That's actually all I can think of. <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere and then you just stopped. Damn it. Yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got. Uh no, there yeah. Anyways. 
I was trying to rep the females for a second. I had one. I was like, oh, I'm going to go on a Taylor. Nope, I got one. They've made really good like ensembles with other ones added into there. The problem is they're just not as popular. Yeah, like, as long as the, the men audience, are leading, we're the good. The audience is mostly male, all right? Who is who is uh the one DC show is good. Um uh with uh Jessica Jones. With the wrestler. <laughs> with the wrestler. Wrestler. I I I'm John good. Cena. What the fuck? Oh, uh Peacekeeper. Yeah. Peacekeeper. Yeah. Peacekeeper is good. That was fantastic. Yeah, Peacekeeper is good. It seems like uh the shows are way better than the movies. I've I never really got into Marvel movies. I say this all the time. Superhero shit has never been my thing. Well, I've always thought they're kind of lame. I'm like, ooh, Superman, he fly around. He got laser. In game, all the Marvel movies have not been great. Like they're going through a really rough patch right now. Yeah, I heard Avengers Endgame was the best one. I don't like superhero movies if they're not based in reality, at least somewhat. That's why I like Batman. Like, but Batman's not a superhero. Batman's not a superhero. But that's why I like him. Yeah. But I don't want him to like, like Superman. Well, he's a human, right? He doesn't have superpowers. Alien. Batman is probably the best superhero. Well, he's supposed to not have superpowers, right? He's supposed to be a normal dude just with gadgets, and he's a badass. Yeah. 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 He doesn't have. And he trained really well. Yes. Yeah. So you two can be Batman. No. No one has billions of dollars and can. No, oh, no. Like people have billions of dollars. Elon Musk could be can Batman. Can you see Elon Musk training on a map Jeff with ninjas? Bezos. Can you see? Ooh, have you yeah. seen the transformation of Jeff Bezos? <laughs> oh, Jeff Bezos. That dude's on. He's s- kind of ripped right now. Or Mark Zuckerberg. All right, fair, fair. It's because they're all on. They're all on uh, TRT and and they're definitely doing cycles of Ozempic. roids for sure. <laughs> they're definitely doing. They're at least doing TRT minimum, all of them. But is that juiced up? You have enough money to never work again, so you need something to like fill your free time, so you work out, get cut. Yeah, so they start taking down vigil, uh, or they are a vigilante. So they They should take down themselves. (laughs) (laughs) We've gotten so far off. Yeah, if you want to end it. All right. With with that said, we'll we'll get out of here. That's a fantastic ending. We'll, (laughs) We'll get out of here. We'll get out of here again. Everyone that's been watching the podcast, listening, please tell your friends about it. Like it, share it, subscribe, leave us a review if you're on one of those platforms. Uh, Leave us a comment. Anything you can do to show support for this, uh, we definitely appreciate it. Also, if you have anyone in mind uh, to come onto the podcast that you think has an interesting story, interesting business, that you think their story would want to be heard by the people of St. Louis, let us know. And let us know if you want to see more just me and Eric. No. Probably not. Probably not. (laughs) But if you do, let us know. Yep, let us know. All right. With that said, Chris, anything you got to say before we wrap it up here? No, that was all I had. Check out Vi.media. Go to our website. Yeah, but, I mean, we both work there. So that that could have come from you, too. Vi.media. Please go there. Show us some support. Um, And if you know anybody that's looking for digital marketing help, Feel free to shoot us a referral. Or insulation or demolition. <clears throat> we pay for referrals, by the way. B2 Private dubs. Charters. That's right. That's right. All right. Oh, wait. That, that's what we need. Get Andrew and them in here from West County. Make that an episode. Oh, that's we, true. What if we just have them blow insulation? In we did have Florida? Clayton in here. That's true. Clayton was Clayton was here for a little bit. Yeah, well, you got the CEO, but you need like the actual people, too. We'll figure it out. All right. That's all the time we have for today. However, we will be back next week at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time. New episode, new guests, and unfortunately, more of myself and Chris. Uh, we recorded this at Half Coast Studios. You know, I tried to get Alex on for the pod this week, Matt, and he didn't. 
you I, know, it does not surprise me. He does a bad job of representing your business. He goes, I'll, just I'll say be that. on at some point. At some point. Like, what better time than right now? I, I am Half Coast's best salesperson. So, with that said, <laughs> That's if you <laughs> you heard it here, if uh, if you have a podcast in St. Louis and you need help with distribution, they can help uh, with distribution, editing. Uh, they can now help with clips as well. So if you have a podcast, you need help with distribution, reach out to them. Uh, also, if you're looking to record a podcast here in St. Louis, they can help you out as well. Uh, feel free to go to halfcoaststudios.com. Uh, we're here in Creefcore, Missouri. All right. It's been a pleasure, everyone, today. We'll see you all next week. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Peace. Hey there, St. Louis podcast listeners. We've got some exciting news from our sponsor, Farmers Insurance of St. Louis, led by the man, the myth, the legend, Mark Lee. Mark Lee of Farmers Insurance is recruiting agency owners here in St. Louis. That's right, Garrett, and everyone knows what Farmers Insurance is, and if they don't, they will now. Yes, it's kind of a household name. That said, as many of you know, a large part of our audience is made up of badass business owners, entrepreneurs, and top producing sales professionals with an open mind like yourself. Farmers Insurance is currently searching for driven individuals who aspire to own their own business or already own their own business and want to add another income stream to join the Farmers Insurance brand and own their own insurance agency this is a stellar opportunity to build your own insurance agency from scratch take over an existing agency or if you're just a slow roller we know you though guys out there and ladies get paid to train under an existing successful agency owner before starting your own Holy shit, Eric. That means that whether you have experience as a business owner or you've never heard the word business before in your life, there's a pathway to owning your own business through Farmers Insurance Agency led by Mark Lee. That's right. You can become a Farmers Insurance business owner even if you've been homeless in the past, just like you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> if you've ever dreamt of being your own boss, building a team under a reputable brand, and making a difference in your community by offering top-tier auto, home, and commercial insurance to consumers and businesses in your area, Farmers Insurance of St. Louis, led by the godlike man himself, Mark Lee, has the perfect opportunity for you. Visit insurancecareerstl.com to speak with Mark Lee, the district manager of Farmers Insurance of St. Louis, to become a Farmers Insurance, insurance Agency owner today. Did you hear that, St. Louis? Go visit insurancecareerstl.com. Insurancecareerstl.com. That is I-N-S-U-R-A-N-C-E. Career, C-A-R-E-E-R-S-T-L.com. To become a business owner today, again, one more time, visit insurancecareerstl, as in St. Louis, .com today right now, this second, or reach out to us at stlouispodcast.com and we'll introduce you to Mark Lee ourselves. And I promise he won't spell out insurance and career to you.